Hi, this is David Mattin, and you're listening to the audio version of New World Same Humans number 33, published on the 6th of September 2020. You can find the links included in this instalment and a link to the text version on the New World Same Humans article page where this podcast is embedded. So, let's go. Two weeks ago, Facebook banned hundreds of accounts associated with the online conspiracy theory QAnon. Meanwhile, a Republican politician who has endorsed the movement, Marjorie Taylor Greene, is almost certain to be elected to Congress this autumn. A number of New World Same Humans obsessions are in play here. Think the nature of power, the future of democracy, and the impacts of a connected world on our collective consciousness. So this week, reflections on all this and on the powerful truth that I think does much to explain QAnon's wild success. I'll be back with news and super fast analysis in Wednesday's New Week Same Humans, but now let's dive into this essay, which is called What QAnon Believers Are Right About. One, we all love a good conspiracy theory. In 1991, a German historian called Herbert Illig hit upon an incredible discovery. The early Middle Ages, Illig realised, never happened. In fact, the years 614 to 911 and all the events they contained, including the rule of Charlemagne, the Viking raids across Europe and Britain's King Alfred the Great, were a fiction invented by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III and Pope Sylvester II. Illig believed the pair had colluded to invent 300 years of European history and to weave their inventions into the historical record. Their motivation? They wanted to fast forward through the centuries so that their reigns fell across the year 1000, thus enhancing their own historical significance. In fact, said Illig, Sylvester and Otto lived around the year 700, which means in turn that it is now 1723. Convinced? Illig's phantom time hypothesis enjoyed a run of popularity in Germany in the 1990s, and today his ideas inhabit a ghostly online afterlife. But no credible historian has ever taken them seriously. In the annals of mad ideas about our shared past, they have been only a moderate success. But admit it, there is something compelling about Illig's fantasy. The thought that the Middle Ages are a massive historical fraud is kind of exciting. And therein lies the problem. There's no way around it. We humans love a good conspiracy theory. Two, QAnon is rampant. In 2020, we must confront a far more popular and more troubling example of the genre. The QAnon movement pushes a set of convoluted far-right and anti-Semitic stories, at the centre of which is the idea that the US is run by a secret cabal of Satan-worshipping child abusers. That cult supposedly includes high-profile politicians, Hollywood stars and billionaire bankers who are engaged in an underground battle against the hero of this story, Donald Trump. Trump, say believers, has been battling the cabal for years and soon he will expose them via a series of arrests that will take down much of the US political and media elite. 
The QAnon movement can be traced back to 2018 and the pages of the internet messaging board 4chan, but it has seen wild growth during the pandemic. In August, Facebook said it had banned more than 790 QAnon-associated groups with at least 4.5 million followers and 1,500 associated ads. The scale of the problem is such that mainstream US media is now running advice on how to de-radicalise relatives. I've come to accept that the person I knew as my mother is probably not coming back, says one young man in a video. It now seems unavoidable that widespread fury at an imaginary cabal of all-powerful Satanists will play a significant role in the November presidential election. Trump has described QAnon followers as people who love our country. A Media Matters investigation found he had retweeted or mentioned QAnon-affiliated accounts at least 216 times this year. 3. To explain QAnon's success, look beyond the obvious. Why is 2020 proving such fertile ground for QAnon? There are obvious reasons. The internet is a conspiracy theorist's paradise. The pandemic plunged us all into a weird form of stasis. People have had far more time and reason to become invested in strange ideas. And we live in a world of overwhelming complexity, which produces a thirst for stories that seem to make sense of the chaos. But I think the foundational cause for QAnon's success remains relatively unexplored. That cause strikes at deep underlying aspects of this historical moment and the stories we tell ourselves about it. And it points the way towards a fight back against both QAnon and the conditions that have made it possible. Four, our world is built on false stories. It's easy to scoff at QAnon followers for falling prey to a patently fantastical and absurd set of ideas. But we talk less about how QAnon's ability to capture minds is fueled by a powerful underlying truth. That is that the mainstream narratives that govern life in 2020 are also fantastical and absurd. And moreover, that this is becoming increasingly difficult to ignore. Let's generate our own convenient fiction and say that this story begins with the 2009 financial crisis. Back in 2009, the global economy teetered on the edge of an impossibly high cliff. For a few weeks, serious politicians worried that advanced societies would collapse into chaos. And yet, after some talk of reform, we patched our highly financialized economies back up invented hundreds of billions of dollars worth of new money and went on as if nothing had happened. The sense of living in a kind of unreality has only grown since then. To live in an advanced consumer democracy today is to live inside a tapestry of fairy tales. We go about our lives as though continued economic growth is what we want, when for many of us it isn't. We pretend that full employment is desirable and attainable when it, it is not, and when, as the late anthropologist David Graeber so memorably observed, many people secretly feel that their job is a meaningless confection. 
We build our democracies on the idea that humans are free and rational decision makers when we know that they and we are not. And overarching all these fictions is the big fairy tale of the 21st century, which is that nothing is wrong, that we can continue indefinitely to live as we do now and also avoid an existential environmental disaster. Day to day, we go on as if this were true. But the science tells us, and we all know, that it isn't. The pandemic has only intensified this sense of unreality. It has ruthlessly exposed the emptiness of some of the sub-stories we told ourselves, such as that about gathering together in offices. In so doing, it has opened a psychic space in which millions are bound to ask deeper questions. In 2020, even the most conventional person has had time and reason enough to wonder, does this world and my life inside it, really make any sense? Are we crazy here? Seen this way, the followers of QAnon are only half wrong, or, to put it another way, they are half right. The world really is built on fairy tales, and those fairy tales do often serve the interests of powerful elites. QAnon followers are right to think that the mainstream offers them no convincing explanation of the world they live in. Their error lies in what comes next, in the answer they reach for. 5. To beat QAnon, we need a better story. This, it seems to me, is the fertile ground in which QAnon and other conspiracy theories currently grow. To spend a day in 2020, to get up, work for your employer, go to the shops, watch the news, is to inhabit a lurid pseudo-reality pseudo in which the explanations we make of our own behaviour make ever less sense. The people know it, the elites know it, the people know the elites know, and on and on. So what to do? How can we prevent QAnon and similar conspiracy theories playing an ever greater role in our collective lives? Mainstream media is full of sensible injunctions when it comes to dealing with individual cases. Don't mock or belittle believers. Offer facts and reasoned argument. Don't force things. Leave them space to climb down in their own time. Meanwhile, others say we must regulate the output of social media giants so that they don't continue to turn conspiracy sparks into raging infernos. This is all reasonable enough, but in the end, conspiracy theories won't be defeated by reasoned argument. Belief in QAnon is akin to a religious practice, something taken on faith, worn as a badge of identity and not amenable to reason. What we need, then, is an alternative story, one that lands at the same pre-rational level. More specifically, we need a big and emotionally satisfying story that makes sense of the world we now live in and points the way towards a brighter future. There's a name for the domain of human activity meant to give rise to such stories. It's politics. And it's here that we arrive at the central failure that has fueled the rise of QAnon. Today's big political narratives offered by liberalism, conservatism and even the mainstream environmental movement do not make good sense of our lives. 
mainstream politics and particularly progressive politics has failed to come up with a compelling explanation of the 21st century or to devise a compelling picture of an alternate, brighter future. Instead, we exist inside a kind of ideological whiteout, cleaving to old stories about money, markets, rational choice and consumption that were always shaky and that became impossible to believe after 2009. Humans abhor an explanatory vacuum. Faced with an absence of convincing explanations, it's no wonder people have made up their own. Six, our new story must be founded in the truth. If we want to stop conspiracy theories such as QAnon, we need to develop new and compelling stories. Stories that tell the truth about the world we live in and the fictions upon which it is built. And stories that make clear a better future is possible if only we reach for it. No mainstream politician in 2020 is willing to say that much of the work done by ordinary citizens is unnecessary, that we can and should automate those jobs away and pay those citizens to do something else outside the mainstream economy, or that nation-states no longer make sense because the key challenges we face in the decades ahead are borderless, or that we must accept significant changes to our way of life if we are to prevent catastrophic global heating. But the future for progressive politics, for a politics that counters the populists and the conspiracy theorists, can only be through these truths. They must form the foundation of any vision of a better future, one in which work has been redefined. We have relinquished our dreams of infinite economic growth and we are no longer sleepwalking towards environmental meltdown. These truths will be hard to hear. But if we avoid them, people will continue to seek certainty elsewhere. If we build our system on a set of licensed fictions, we shouldn't be surprised when some turn to unlicensed, fantasy-grade equivalents instead. The solution is as simple as it is difficult. We must find new ways to tell the truth. The truth is out there. Thanks so much for listening this week. People turn to conspiracy theories in an attempt to make sense of a disorienting world. The impulse is universal. It's just that they take a wrong turn. We at New World Same Humans are taking the harder, more enlightening path. It's our mission to really make sense of the world as it is today and will be tomorrow. And now our community has grown to 12,000 curious souls on a mission to understand and build a better shared future. There's one thing you can do to help this community serve you better, and that is invite more people inside. So if you found today's instalment useful, please forward this email to one person, a friend, a family member, a colleague who'd also enjoy it, or share New World Same Humans across one of your social networks and let people know why you find the newsletter valuable. All you have to do is navigate back to the article page where this podcast is embedded and hit the share button. Your membership of this community means a lot. I'll be back on Wednesday. Until then, be well.